Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Marlon Johnson. Welcome back to another episode of Into the Mind. And this week, I have a special guest for you, especially if you're from Long Island. You're going to recognize this fella. He is the handsome home buyer, and he is absolutely killing it in the Long Island real estate investment market. Before we get started with the episode today, you guys know that when I create any sort of content, it is purely from a place of adding value to each and every one of you. So I don't charge a dime for this show. However, I do ask for one thing, and this is non-negotiable. I ask that if you get any value at all from listening to this episode or any of the episodes, that you share it immediately with a friend. You either send it to them via text, tag them in the post, put it on your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and you share the value. I want to be able to bring up as many people as possible, and the sooner they get access to this information, the sooner their lives can change and the sooner your life can change by having a network of better, more educated, more dedicated, more motivated individuals. So on that note, let's get the episode started and say hello to the handsome home buyer. It started, so we are officially recording now, so everything you say is on the record. Cool. <laughs> All right. Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Into the Mind with Marlon Johnson. I'm your host, Marlon, and today my, ga- my guest is Charles Wanerob. I- think I'm pronouncing that name close enough, right? I mean, most people know him as the handsome home buyer or Captain Permit. So Charles is one of Long Island's number one real estate investors, and he will literally buy any house in any condition and transform it into a beautiful home that anybody would be proud to own. He buys commercial, residential, does development, and best of all, he educates people on how to make money in this industry. He has his own podcast called The Handsome Home Buyer where he brings on guests of all industries and walks of life to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. His YouTube channel teaches you all the formulas, tricks, and tips about how he works the New York real estate market. And what stood out to me the most is how engaging Charles is on his social media. He actually takes the time to answer all of the comments, and he posts really thoughtful responses, as well as he responds to every DM. He has a great personality, and I could actually feel the positive vibes from the Instagram page the first time I visited. So I'm excited to have you on the show today, and I'm looking forward to learning a little bit more about you as we dive into your mind on what it takes to become a success in one of the toughest real estate markets in the US. So Charles, welcome to the show. That was awesome. Yo, that was the dopest intro I have ever had, bro. That shit was dope. I was like, this guy is fucking on it. Um, you gotta take this shit on the road, you and me, I'm hyping you, you're hyping me, you crush it. Thank you very much, man. That was very cool. Dude, I appreciate it, man. So, you know, real quick, I got to know, like, the name Handsome Homebuyer. First off, I love it. How did you come up with that? Like, whose idea was that? It is awesome. So, so I have, when I first, I've been doing real estate for five and a half years. So, right before that, when I got into it, I'm like, listen, I need to brand, I need to market myself. And I had a buddy, um, his name is John Healy. He would, he would call everybody handsome. So when I was starting to think like, wow, what kind of name is it going to be? I was like, home, da-da. I was like, yo, I'll call myself the handsome home buyer. And my girlfriend at the time, she's like, yo, you can't call yourself handsome home buyer. Like what kind of a vain asshole calls themselves the handsome home buyer? Everybody's going to think that you're just, you're, you're a douche. I'm like, it doesn't matter. A, I'm not that good looking, so I can do it without, you know, if like I was a super handsome guy, everyone would be like, oh, that guy's, that guy's a dick, right? But it's very chung in cheek. And it's caught on to the point where like, nobody knows me. Like, you're like, oh, you know Charles Wire? I'm like, who's that? Like, oh, you know Handsome? Oh yeah, I know that guy. So it's, 
it's created this awesome, you know, this awesome brand, this awesome persona, and everything. As I'm sure we'll get into this, because branding is super important in, there, in any business, and things are changing so quickly that you have to have that brand. So I completely agree with you. First off, like the handsome home buyer, like, it it sticks. Like it really worked. When my buddy said, like, "Yo, you need to follow this guy." All right, cool. What's his name? Handsome home buyer. Since then, like I have not been able to forget it. It's been on my mind. So it absolutely works. And you know what you're saying? Like we're in a new industry. Things are changing where your brand is important. It doesn't matter what you're doing. You need to create that brand. So it was going to be a question I asked later on. But since we're talking about it right now, as you build a brand, right, your Instagram, you've been getting on it. You've been getting vocal. You've been getting loud with what you're doing. And you share pretty much everything like you're like an open book you're sharing your formulas you're sharing what your jobs look like you're sharing you're sharing everything does that not scare you i know a lot of people feel that hey like if i'm telling everyone my secrets how am i supposed to win like so what's going on with that i mean that's conventional thinking and conventional thinking is is wrong so first of all i understand what that does on a psychological perspective because i I understand human behavior pretty well but yeah, the, the reason why I do it is pure. Once you have a certain amount of money, it's like, bro, how much money do you need? Like, how many cars do you need? Do you need like watches and bullshit? Like, how much stuff do you really need? And then why are you doing what you do? I, um, I always tell people, like right now, I'm wearing probably like $40 worth of clothes. I, I'm just a simple guy. I like to build. I like the game. I like the challenges. And I really like to help people and, and, and leave an impact and make an impact. Right? So I put that stuff out there to genuinely help people. In the back of my mind, though, also, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that the more people you help, I'd heard this saying a long time ago, which is if you want to be rich, start thinking about ways you can make other people rich. So the more people you help, just inevitably, the more successful you will be for a number of different reasons. And I'll, I'll cite some examples of things that were happening recently, because the brand building thing via social media, I only really started doing a year ago. But you know, your network is the most important thing. None of us can do anything by ourselves, right? There's no such thing as self-made anything. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. So in order for me to achieve something like build a building, whatever it is, I need you know, 100 people to help me. If I don't have that network of people that I've selflessly given to or that I've made like deposits, goodwill deposits in over time that I can call on for help, I'm not going to get done what I need to get done. So basically by helping other people, I'm selfishly helping myself. And um, through that process of just helping people, you know, just so much comes back to you. I'll give you an example. So I got a buddy, Dan O'Neill, powerhouse realtor, unbelievable kid. And I love hanging out with, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay. So I love, I'm 40. I feel like I'm like 25. Hey, dude, you look good, bro, for like <laughs> I think no kids, man. I haven't had kids yet. I think the kids are what ages. <laughs> but hanging out with people that are my age or like 35 to 45 that have reached a certain level of success, when I've talked to them recently, like, you know, I'm just trying to maintain, like they've lost that fire. Hanging out with, with, with cats like you, you guys are fucking fired up. You're on the cutting edge of whatever's new technology, everything. And I want to be close to that energy source. So Dan and I are doing all these deals together and we're making videos and we're educating, we're having a great time. Then all of a sudden, like my phone starts ringing like crazy and agents like, yo, I want that energy. I want that action. I got a deal for you because I want to be 
in the mix of what you're doing with all these other people. And that was like a crazy moment where I was like, holy shit, all this selfless giving and just having a good time just, just exploded into an insane amount of business. Oh man, I love it. So that actually taps into something I want to ask you about because I do see just like through what you're doing, your energies are high. And about a week ago, you shared a story on Instagram and it was titled, uh, what was it called? You basically spoke about, it was titled Why I Succeed When Everyone Doubts, right? Uh, and you yeah. spoke about how your parents planted so much like self-esteem and positive energy in you. And at some point you even had like a, like a psychic come at the yeah, house yeah. and like pointed at like what a prophecy, that one, he's gonna be, he's gonna be rich, he's gonna be successful. And you know, what you're speaking about right now is really in line with like, yeah, you have this goodwill, you have this good energy, you put it out there into the world, it comes back around. So how much of that do you feel is so true? Like a lot of your success is because your parents poured that goodness into you. And now you're able to pour that goodness out into everybody else without necessarily worrying about how it's going to come back or in what direction it's going to come from. Yeah. I mean, human behavior and, and who you start at, like who you become ultimately is, is very, very fascinating and how you're, you, you get shaped as a person. Um, yeah. I mean, I was very, very fortunate. I had amazing parents. My mother just, just beat so much self-esteem and love into me and was unbelievably supportive. And then, you know, I had my father who, my father was not a very like, um, you know, affectionate, outspoken person. It's kind of, I guess it's typical of that generation. He's, he's 68 years old. That generation wasn't, they were very like machista. It wasn't, you know, they didn't, they didn't cry. They didn't show emotion. They didn't say, I love you. It wasn't, that wasn't that generation, but he was very supportive. And he was also an entrepreneur from day one, totally self-taught. Whereas I had the luxury of learning from his mistakes and his wins and then having a, a formal education to kind of support that and having the opportunity because of him to go into business at a very young age. I own my own business at 23 years old. That kind of set me up. So whereas most people are going into business in their forties, I'm 40 years old and I've had 20 years of business experience already, but absolutely that, that support system is, is major because I don't, my biggest gift I think is, I truly do not give a fuck about what the world thinks about me. Like I will say whatever I want, whenever I want, because I always say society has no hold on me. When society has no hold on you, you are truly free. You are truly free to be yourself and, and go after everything because you don't fear scrutiny. So my parents set me up with that. And listen, it was, it was a process. I wasn't born not giving a shit. Probably in about your age, I just all of a sudden really didn't give a shit. It kind of happened in phases, but by the time I was your age, I just, I really didn't give a shit about anything. Anybody, meaning anybody's opinion um, in life. Okay, so I really like that because it's something that personally I'm going through the transformation myself where I'm recognizing the rest of the world's opinion is really irrelevant. I had luckily enough, some experiences growing up that taught me holy crap, they hate you today, they love you tomorrow, it doesn't matter, ultimately, you gotta keep doing what you wanna do. So you said, you know, at the 23, you started your own business, and you're 40 now, and now it seems like if anyone's watching you from social media, you're hitting your strides, like you're really off to the gate, out of the gates running, you're doing your thing. What I find with a lot of men, it seems, and this is just from speculation, it seems like 
men really start to hit their strides around like that later 30s, early 40s. That's where they really figure themselves out and they can really put some gas to the pedal. And a lot of younger guys like myself, they are still trying to figure out how to get there. They want to get to the point where you're at. Ultimately, would you say that you see like at this young point, you're still in the building phase that you have to kind of go through the crap a little bit before you get to that stride point? So I guess there's a bunch of different things. There's, there's a saying that I've heard that was interesting years ago, which is a man does his greatest work between the ages of 40 and 60. And if you think about it, you can, you can understand that. I mean, for as many rules as there are, there are no rules, man. I mean, you have people that are unbelievably successful at, you know, 18 years old and making tens of millions. Um, you know, the reason why it takes most people a little bit longer is obviously experience and learning. And it, it takes time to learn from past experiences in order to be better going forward. Some people innately understand certain parts of business or whatever it is they want to be great at um, quicker. And then others, it takes more time. I mean, and it's all over the board. You have people like, you know, Mark Zuckerberg, who was in college and just blew up. Then you have, you know, Colonel Sanders, who launched KFC at 65 years old. So it's, you know, there's, there's really no time frame. For me, I, I'm always hitting my stride, but never hitting my stride. Something I realized recently was, oh, it never ends. The game never ends. There's never that level. Like I used to say, yo, if I got to this point, I'll be cool. Like my original goal was marriage, retirement, and kids at 40 to like a hot 28-year-old. And then I'd be like, <laughs> I'm good. But no. And then it's like, oh, you know, I want to be a real estate developer. And then it's like, oh, I want to be, you know, have a private equity fund. It's, okay, when I have a private equity fund, is that going to be enough? No, it's never enough because of the way that I'm wired. So you kind of have to look at yourself and be very honest and say, you know, how are you wired and what makes you happy? And, and just be you in order to be happy. Man, that was a perfect answer. Seriously, I appreciate that because I think for myself, I know I like to hear that because that's the way my brain thinks. So it's reassuring to hear it from someone outside of me. And then also for individuals that listen to this podcast, you know, my audience, a lot of them are younger and I want them to be able to know like, first off, this is a forever journey. Like, yep. you're going to get to the top of the mountain only to realize there's another mountain out there that you actually want to climb more than the one you're standing on right now. Yeah. So thank you for that. Now, speaking of climbing these mountains, right, you're not doing it alone, right? You have a team. You build a team. You get the right people around you. What is your process for figuring out who you're going to bring around you? I know earlier you just said you're looking to be around those young guys who supply that energy. What else are you looking for when – bring people into your power team. So when you mean that from the standpoint of like people who I employ or just people I want to be around in general? So both actually, let's tap into first who you employ. So who you bring into your business to work for you. And then let's talk about who you bring in as people you would potentially want to partner with and who you want to build with. Okay. So I guess, they, I guess they're sort of one and the same. I'm a very big energy person and um, I've learned to like really kind of trust my gut with stuff. So I want to be kind of surrounded by this intense ball of positivity and positive energy at all times. So when I meet you, I feel that. The moment I feel, and I will selflessly give to you out of the gate, the moment I feel that there is some negativity there or jealousy there or anything that doesn't vibe with my like extreme positivity, I cut you. Like that's it. <laughs> Boom. Done. Like straight Scorpio style. You're out. 
you know, I won't be, you know, I won't be nasty, nothing like that. Or, or if you've done something that's, that's screwed up, I will, I will tell you, but I can't be around people like that. So even on, and, and people might criticize me for this on Instagram, a lot of positivity on Instagram. Every once in a while, I will just get some crazy asshole that will just go ham and say something super nasty for no reason. If it's like super nasty, I don't respond. I just block that dude. I'm just like, because I don't want that negativity. Some people be like, ah, just let him hate. I'm like, I don't care that he's hating, but I don't want your negativity around me. Like, I don't want that in my sphere because it like, it fucks with me mentally. Dude, I love it, man. I'm like, I agree. I'm the same way. I'm happy to hear. You're like, you're a grown man. Like you're someone that like people can look up to. And a lot of grown men don't talk about this kind of stuff. A lot of like the hair guys say energy, positivity. Like it's just, it's not commonplace. And it hasn't been for a long time. Now things are starting to change and shift. But you know, like our parents' generation, your parents, like you spoke about your father. He wasn't necessarily the most affectionate. They didn't really show the emotional side of them. And personally, I find that the emotional side of us, that energetic side of us is the more positive, powerful side that creates that's our creative side. That's what allows you to do all the amazing things that happen. So I'm happy to hear you say that you're one of the biggest things for you is that positive bubble. So even as you bring in employees, I imagine they have to fit that culture. They have to, before they even show the skill set, they have to vibe with you first. Yeah, they have to vibe with it. Also, that, that like intense ball of positivity that just keeps trucking down the road, accomplishing things. Is, um, is also something that attracts talent. So people wanna be around that. When you're hiring people, yeah, money's important because people need to survive, they have families, whatever. But money can't be everything because if somebody's unhappy, it doesn't really matter how much money you're paying them, they're gonna wanna leave. And you, know, you just can't pay people infinite amounts of money. There's a certain you know, cap on every type of position out there for the most part. So once you've reached that point, what else is there? It has to be more. So, you know, you have to, you know, do things with employees, engage them, help them better themselves. Like I always say, one of my philosophies with employees is you need to educate and train and develop your employees to the point where they can, where they can leave you. I did a video about that. People are like, yo, you're freaking nuts. I'm like, bro, that's, everybody has a right to dream and grow. Some people want to work for somebody forever. That's the way they're wired. And that's great. And that's cool. But some people aren't. And it's your job as an employer to help train them to get to the point where, they can do their own thing. And that's cool because while they were working with you, they helped you achieve your dreams. And you just need to have systems in place to be able to replace those people because that's what happens. People come and go and that's not a bad thing. Absolutely. I mean, when you say that, it, I would, whenever I look at an employee-employer relationship, I think of just like a personal intimate relationship. What makes the relationship so good is that person actually has the freedom to get up and leave whenever they want, but they choose not to. So you as a good employer is you're giving your employees all the skills, all the opportunities to get up and walk away from you. They choose not to. And that makes that bond that much greater. So let me ask you, you spoke on another Instagram video that you made about why everybody should have a podcast. And I have to agree, obviously I'm biased because we're here on my podcast right now, but you spoke about no matter who you are, what you do, what industry you're in, you should have a podcast and ultimately it provides so much opportunity in the sense of you and I, we're now connecting and we're now able to have frank open conversation 
because of this platform that I created that allows guests to come on and share their thoughts, share what's happening. So could you dive in a little bit deeper about how and why people should have a podcast and also for somebody with the mindset of, well, I haven't gotten myself to that point yet where I can reach out and get the sort of guest I want on my podcast yet. What would you say to those individuals who think that maybe I'm not there yet to bring on the guests that I want to have? I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll address that and then I'll take it back. So for those people, you're full of shit. That's, a, <laughs> that's an excuse, right? But let's go back. I mean, everything is always the same. Like things are always the same, just the methods are different. So what do I mean like that by that? Brand building, marketing, advertising, and sales have been around forever. The mediums in which they're delivered just change over time, right? So it was print, it was radio, it was TV. Now it's the internet. The cool thing about the internet is it gives you the ability to build a massive brand for little to no money and to start out you know, very quickly and easily like we're doing here. Um, a podcast is just an awesome, and, and in order to build that brand, you need to be in people's faces. Back in the day when, when I was a kid, when we were kids, um, it was TV. You know, everybody's advertising on TV. It's Super Bowl. It's all this stuff, right? People, uh, companies are paying big, big, big money to be there, to be in front of people because people don't realize they need you until they actually need you. So they could see you 4 million times until like, oh, here's the handsome home buyer, handsome home buyer. You know what? I'm ready to sell my house. Oh yeah, there's the handsome home buyer. But they've seen me a million times already. People are spending their time on social media platforms. And that's what it comes down to. So marketing, branding, everything is the same. You just have to be in the right place. And right now the right place is online. Podcasts are amazing because it allows you for literally nothing. You can just use your phone to meet very cool people, get exposure and produce content to be in front of people to further whatever cause you want, whether that be saving the manatees, you know, or selling houses or wholesaling stuff in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. You know what I mean? Um, so that's, that's pretty much that. I mean, you, the big thing is just get over, people have these fears where they don't want to be seen on camera. What am I going to say? Who am I going to ask? I started the podcast with like, all right, this is cool. I just want to do this and see what happens. But it's enabled me to meet very, very cool people like you. I would have never met you otherwise. And I hope that we stay connected in one way, shape, or form forever. And I hope that we help each other. You know that I'm always here to help you. And I feel like you'd be there to help me if I needed you. And that kind of thing just grows the ecosystem, grows our, 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 our current businesses, our future businesses, just keeps the positive vibe going you know what i mean absolutely so and that's funny because i like that you're saying this you know especially being new yorkers right new york is known notoriously for being dog eat dog right yeah. everyone thinks in new york they're like oh man that guy's trying to screw you over that guy's trying to scam you that this and the third and i personally believe in collaboration i know that you believe in collaboration and like right here this is collaboration as far as i'm concerned already you know, you're able to get in front of my audience and you're providing me with value because you're giving wisdom to the people that I care about. And I'm able to put you in front of new people. So collaboration is key. How do you go about, I guess, like breaking that myth that you can't collaborate with people that are supposed to be your competition? Because I think that's where everyone gets caught up with that you know, I call it the abundance mindset versus the scarcity yeah. mindset. 
yeah, I don't, I don't believe that there's any competition. I mean, we live in a world where there's infinite possibility and there's so much potential business that you building the biggest machine out there, you can't possibly do it all. You can't. So when I collaborate with other like high level people like Billy Alvaro, who's, you know, an unstoppable guy, he's inspired me. I've learned a lot from him. He's learned a lot from me. He's 10 years older. So, you know, different generation, but uh, it's very, very cool. Like I did a thing recently called the uh, LI real estate revolution, where um, we put a charity event together essentially for the leukemia and lymphoma society that was supposed to be a um, an in-person event, 2,200 people and all the money was going to go to leukemia and lymphoma society and COVID hit. So we had to do it virtually, but essentially I brought together the top nine real estate investors on Long Island in all walks of life. And Billy was one of them. And he basically does, you know, what I do to a certain extent. And uh, people are like, why would you do that? Why would you help each other? I'm like, bro, we're here to raise money for cancer. And I got to tell you, uh, and I hope Billy feels the same way. He made me a better person through that experience. He pushed me to another level. And I, and I hope I did the same for him because of him, I'm now better in my work just from hearing from him. And I'm, I'm sure he's doing that same thing for me. No, I absolutely love it. That's the thing, like iron sharpens iron. And if we all grow, like with the saying, uh, the rising tide raises all ships. Doesn't yes. matter if you're a yacht sitting out there, if you're a little dinghy, that tide comes up, everyone goes up together. Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Just again, go out there and try to help people. You know, I selflessly help people until I see that, um, you know, they're, they're not appreciated of it. I won't get taken advantage of, but I will give, give, give first. And it's a very, very, listen, people are inherently good, even in New York. It's very, very rare that, you know, somebody will really screw me over and be a shitty person. But for that, like, 0.0001% of the time, I'm willing to, uh, you know, to take the risk and be, and be good to everybody. You know, I'm really happy to hear you say that because that's something that I personally have struggled with convincing my family, which is I love people, right? I think most people, 99% of people are good. Like there's goodness in them. Maybe they're just caught up in a situation, but ultimately at the core, at the roots, most people are good. A majority of people are good. So I trust people. I haven't really been screwed over pretty much ever. And I'm proud to say that. And it's, I don't think it's bragging. I think it's just a matter of fact. I've met a lot of amazing, interesting people, traveled this world and all that good stuff. With that being said, I find that a lot of people still have it in their mind that, you know what, I still have to be guarded because someone's going to screw me over. And because they come with that thought process, they make that reality true for themselves. So is that something that you found? Because I noticed that you said that before somewhere else where you pretty much said like, yeah, most people are actually pretty good. And you just said that you do give people that opportunity to screw you over. And a lot of people are like, well, I'm never going to give the person the opportunity to screw me over. But if you're not going to give them the opportunity to do that, you're not giving them the opportunity to prove that they won't screw you over. If that makes any sense. No, of course. I mean, my biggest thing is what I always felt was, you know, in breakups and life and relationships, you are who you are, be who you are, be true to yourself. And obviously every situation and experience impacts you to a certain way but don't let it change you for the negative because then the person that did that to you you're giving them so much power 
You know what I mean? Like if you get if you get screwed over by somebody, um, should you not trust any everybody else the rest of your life? Which is essentially just harming you and giving that person so much power. No, just keep trucking along, being who you are, and and everything will, will work out for you. There, again, there's like you said it perfectly. People are inherently good. And another thing to touch on with the parents thing is I've experienced this in my parents. I don't know if you've experienced it yet because you're like kind of at a middle age, but there's there's a certain we all grow up thinking our parents are you know they are heroes, they're untouchable, they know everything, and they're absolutely perfect. And you come to like a point in your life where you realize that your parents' reality is not your reality, and that's okay. And they're not perfect, and they did the best that they can. But now it's your time in your world with your personality and your views that they help shape to go on your own path. And they might not agree with your path and that's okay, but they, you can't allow, you know, their opinions and views to, to, to deter you from something that you feel is, is the right thing to do or the right path to take. Absolutely. I love it. So now question, when you're embarking on something brand new, right? I'm sure that there's got to be some sort of emotions of like, all right, I'm unsure. I'm afraid I haven't done this before and I don't actually know how it's going to get done, but Mm -hmm. I'm committing to the process anyway. How do you get yourself over that hump of like saying pretty much like, Oh, I have no clue how I'm going to do this, but I know it's going to get done. What's that look like for yourself when you're embarking on that brand new first time endeavor? that that's to me there's no nerves there that's excitement like i get jazzed up about that shit because that's like that's how i'm wired i need action i need constant stimulation i need constant change and i always need to be getting to like to the next level of something and i enjoy the process of getting there you know very important for people to be attached to the process not to the outcome because the process takes a long time so if you're not happy like being in that grind every day being uncomfortable, figuring it out, and playing that chess match, you're not going to be successful because to your point at the very beginning, those glorious Instagram moments before that came years, sometimes decades of just absolute, miserably hardworking struggle. Um, So I love that. I always do certain things. And once you understand the process of being successful, you can apply that to anything, which is, You always need to go and get educated, my opinion. You go out, before I ever flipped the house, I spent three years training with different mentors to really understand. And then it took me an entire year to get my first deal. And then I just took it off and ran. Now, you're not gonna learn everything through education, but you're gonna prepare enough that you're not gonna get hurt. And then when you jump in, you're gonna start to learn even more in the real world. And then education is just a, is a forever thing. You know, I went out, I remember my second year full-time, I flipped 67 houses and I turned around and registered to go to NYU's master program in real estate development. And I went back to school and spent a hundred thousand dollars to go to NYU for two years and a semester to then get to the next level. People be like, even people in my family are like, bro, you just fucking flipped 67 houses in New York. What are you doing going back to school? You know, if you were really successful and this wasn't a bunch of bullshit, you wouldn't need to go back to school. But like, they, they didn't get it, man. They didn't get it. It never ends. 
Oh man, I'm so, so happy to hear you say that. That's cool. Where you're absolutely right. The education process never ends. You keep growing, you keep learning if you want to keep moving forward in this whole industry. So let me ask you, when you're getting educated, how are you personally vetting where your information's coming from? Because you said, you know, you spent some time with mentors. How are you choosing? I want like, like your honest answer because there's so many young guys. Every, I personally think every young kid, pretty much every guy is like out there searching for their sensei, right? We all are looking for our Yoda. Like we want someone to take us under their wing and show us the way. So how are you picking who your mentor is? Because it's a lot, it's very easy to just like kind of grab someone on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, wherever, and be like, all right, cool, that's gonna be my mentor. But maybe that's not the right mentor for you. Yeah, I mean, everybody's path to that is different. And again, I go back to a lot of it is feeling. Everything is really gut with, everything should really be gut with people. So with something like this, if you feel like somebody's a good person, you know, then, then go with it, see what happens. If you don't, then usually like trust your gut and, and go the other way. I, um, I read Rich Dad Poor Dad when I was 27, and that's when I decided I wanted to be a professional investor. I then ended up going to NYU to take a one-day intensive class on foreclosures because at the time, when you get into real estate investing, everybody thinks that banks are just giving houses away for free and that you know that's what I should learn about. But during that class, um, the prof I took that and I took like a five-day intensive that had like seven different teachers. And at that moment, this was before I really started training for fix and flip and single family. I knew at that moment, I'm like, listen, I'm not ready, but I have to come back here because I can feel that the level of people that are teaching and at this school are the best of the best in the world. And if I want to be the best of the best, I need to be surrounded by the best of the best. So what this woman said in the REO class was go and join the local RIAs, you know, real estate investment associations. They have them all over the country. Um, they have multiple ones on Long Island. So I joined the East Coast RIA, which meets in Levittown once a month. And I went there and I met my, my mentor, who's kind of like a second father to me at this point. His name is Carl Chabon. So I met Carl and he's like a, just a saint of a human being. And you can feel that very quickly. And he gives you a free introductory coaching call. And um, I spent that call with him and I really like, really hammered it. Like really interviewed him on all the points and things. And I love what he had to say. And I paid him to train me for two or three years. Now all the people in my circle were like, yeah, if this guy was really good at what he was doing, he would be doing it. He wouldn't be charging you. Now Carl is not expensive for what he does. I'm not saying go out there and you know buy a fortune builders program for 50 or sixty thousand dollars although i'm sure there's a lot of good points in there that you can run with he's he's very inexpensive for, for what it is but his passion is helping people but he also needs to live so just because he knows everything there is to know about fix and flip and single family rentals and multifamily apartments etc doesn't mean that he wants to do that all the time he's reached a certain level of success where he wants to give back so I felt he was the right person, and ultimately he was. So don't be afraid to pay people. You know, don't be afraid to you know, go out there on a limb. You can always kind of scale back and change your mind. But understand also when you find somebody, it's really an investment in time. You're not going to be successful like right away. It takes time, bro. It takes three to five years to start to build any kind of business at all. So you got to be like willing to dedicate that. But to answer your question in a roundabout way, 
it's just a feeling. Be intelligent, research, ask questions to these people that, you know, be prepared, put a list together, ask them questions, talk to them about what they've done, ask them what they're good at, what they're bad at. Ask for referrals, talk to other students or other people that they've worked at. Look online, see what kind of reviews they have. And then based on all those things together, you get a feeling and you go with it. And listen, if you train with somebody and you spend some money and it doesn't work, who gives a shit? Find somebody else, work with them, just keep moving. It's very important to be always moving to go achieve your goal because when you don't move, nothing happens at all. Being stagnant is a terrible thing. I absolutely love it. So I know you've got to go soon. So I have two final questions for you. And these are the two questions I ask everybody at the end of every episode. First question, can you give two of your favorite books that have had the most just eye-opening experiences for you, things that really were paradigm shifts for you that you would just recommend across the board? And it could be in any genre, but just two of those books that really made that shift. Okay, Good to Great was a really good one. Um, the, um, uh, what is it called? Uh, the E-Myth Revisited was very interesting. So I owned a Mako Body Shop franchise at the time. And the E-Myth is essentially a, a book that teaches you about the different sides of your personality and business. There's a worker mentality, the entrepreneurial mentality, and the management mentality. And it talks about making your business franchisable in the sense that you use standard operating procedure to write manuals and then replace yourself in order to elevate yourself to the level of entrepreneur where you're not actively working in your business, you're working on your business. So that was very cool because while owning a franchise, I got to see and understand at a higher level how the franchise was built, why they put it together, and what systems ultimately worked or didn't. So that is something I would recommend everybody read regardless of what business you're going to be in. Absolutely. I I picked up the E-Myth as well and definitely eye-opening game changer and it helps you just go in the right direction because putting in a lot of work is not necessarily the secret to being good. You got to be putting that work into the right places. You got to be working smart and then work hard. So second question, this one is my absolute favorite. Let's imagine you woke up tomorrow. You had no memory of anything. You didn't remember your name. You don't remember you're the handsome home buyer. You are just a blank slate. You don't remember any of the networking you've done. You don't have any of the skills in real estate. Like you just, you're empty again. However, you do have one piece of wisdom. Like there's just one little bit of like a golden nugget in your brain that is there and you don't question it. You just know it to be true and you never question it at all. You just run with it. What do you want that piece of wisdom to be? Be a plumber. (laughs) Be a plumber. If I could go back, I would be a plumber. Plumbers have the greatest fucking gig going out there. But no, I mean, the, the, um, I guess the one thing I think is very, very important that I, I want all your listeners to, to know, and I wish I knew it earlier, was what it takes, the premise of what it takes to be great at something, which seems to be the premise of your whole podcast. So it, it's like a kind of good full circle. Um, and I saw this, I kind of really internalized it when I was about 27 years old, probably about your age. Um, I'm thankful that I learned it, but I wish I would have learned it even sooner. And so Will Smith has this quote that I watched on a YouTube video a while back and they're like, yo, Will, I don't know if you've seen this, like you're a triple threat, you're, you know, movies, you're TV, you're rap or music, whatever. How do you do it? And he said, listen, 
if, um, if I look at myself, honestly, there's nothing uniquely different or special about me. The difference is I'm willing to die on the treadmill. You're like, what the hell are you talking about? And he says, yo, it's this simple. You and I are going to get on a treadmill together. You're going to get off first or I'm going to die. And it's really that simple. So the premise of what it takes to be great at anything requires obsessive, gut-wrenching, sacrificing, torturous commitment to whatever it is your craft is. Um, and that's really what it takes. And what I tell people is if you're not where you want to be, you feel like you're not on your way, I would argue that you're not doing what it takes to get there. Yeah, I love it. That's truth right there. It's not sugar-coated. It's not pretty. It's just, it is what it is. So I really appreciate that answer. And I hope anyone listening, I really hope you guys kind of rewind and listen to that again, because you're hearing it from someone that is a living example of the information, of the knowledge. So that should weigh a lot more. So real quick, Charles, for anybody that wants to follow you, learn from you, find out more about what you're doing and just see what's happening, where can they find you? Appreciate that, man. Um, so I'm pretty much across all platforms, the YouTube channel. If you go to Charles Weinraub, if you go to Instagram, handsome underscore homebuyer, captain underscore permit, uh, Facebook, LinkedIn. I'm starting to get better at the TikTok, man. I got some moves. <laughs> so as soon as I learn how to use that thing a little bit better, you're going to be seeing them. But uh, I'm pretty much everywhere. Just Google me and I'm there. Like you said, I'm always happy to uh, you know answer DMs and comments and things to the best of my ability. You know, sometimes it gets away from me. Some people need like insanely long answers that you just can't do via DM. But uh, I always try my best to, uh, to give back to everybody who has any questions. Awesome. So guys, I'm going to put that link down below. So you'll easily be able to go click on that. Go find him on social media. Give him a follow. The free content that he's putting out there, it's insanely valuable. He breaks down this real estate business so that anybody can have an understanding and he's just an all around awesome guy. You heard it. Like he keeps that positive energy up. He keeps positive people around so you can trust anything that's coming from him as well as the people that he brings on and presents to you. You know that they're good. And I'm, you guys know me. I only interact with quality people. So I'm telling you, this guy, he's got the juice. Like I'm feeling the vibes. He's got the juice. So Charles, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you, man. My pleasure, man. Thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate that intro. That was awesome. And, uh, you know, I'm always here for you if you ever need anything. Absolutely. Okay, guys. So I really hope you enjoyed that interview. Once again, I ask that if you receive any value at all, I mean anything, if one thing stood out to you, leave a comment below. Let people know what that thing was. Let us know what it was. We do read all of the comments and absolutely share this with a friend. That is how we help each other, okay? The best thing you can do is pass on knowledge and information that's helping you grow. Send that out to your friends. Help them grow. Build your network and build your power team. Let's all get this together. So I want you guys to click that share button, click that like button, subscribe, make sure you're here for the next episode. And remember that the greatness is already inside of you.